0: That's right, the Eagles are soaring and it's all thanks to a flying Frenchman.
1: Plus, the Sailors and the Swans are set to renew their rivalry, who will come out on top.
0: All this and more coming right up on the SBL Podcast.
1: Hi everyone, this is Farah
0: and this is Raushan.
1: Another week of SPL action done and dusted. But before we get stuck on into the reviews and the previews, here's some local news you may have missed. Now, the draw for the return of the Malayan Cup was concluded earlier this week, with Singapore taking on Hong Kong and Cambodia taking on Malaysia in their respective semi-finals. Matches will be played on the 24th of March at Jalan Bersa, with the final set to be played on the 26th of March on Sunday. A tasty draw that could potentially see a Causeway derby in the final. And a little bit of injury update, arm injuries to Noor Adam Abdullah and Kiki Krejcik over the past weekend and it looks like they may be missing for their respective teams for quite some time. So, quick recovery to these two players.
0: Thank you so much for that, Farah. We've set the scene with all things news related to Singapore football. Now, let's get stuck into the review proper. Joining us on today's show is a very special guest. Now, LCS are not the only one handing out debuts. The Final Whistle is doing his part two and making his Final Whistle debut. He's played for Warriors FC, the Lion City Sailors, and most recently, Ballastia Causa. Ricky Kumura, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys bringing me on today and I uh, hope I could share some the insights
0: today. Now, there's a reason, Ricky, we reached out to you for this episode in particular. And that's so hopefully you can hold the ford for the goalkeepers union here in Singapore. Because match day two in the SPL saw not one, but two howlers from two goalkeepers, namely Kenji Rushdi and Zafan Rohaizad. Here's how it unfolded on Friday night. Oh, it's come off
1: Kepitovich.
0: A complete disaster at the back for Tanju Kenji Rushdie. SPL his first of the campaign and it's a goal that Tampines Rovers very much deserve but it's come in such bizarre fashion surely he goes
1: in now well it again looks static and he has been the biggest threat Hakimi Yazid a mistake there
2: at the back from the LCS and punished by Hakimi the player that we spoke about
1: so, like Raushan said, Kenji Rujdi's howler there leading to Boris's goal, while Zafar Haizat's little bit of blunder that, that led to DPMM's goal. So, of course, we're coming straight to Ricky here. Ricky, as a goalkeeper yourself, was there perhaps a bit of a rush of blood for both of them?
2: Um, for me personally, right? Um, as a as a as a player and as a goalkeeper who've trained with Kenji and Zafan, right? I have to, you know, sort of defend them because because it's, it's very tough for for the goalkeepers, right? Because if you watch the Sailors game, Zarfan was, you know, making phenomenal saves. And, you know, they don't really talk about that. You know, the fans, they don't really understand that, you know, just because of that one mistake, everybody sort of says that. Now it's, it's his mistake, but he was making phenomenal saves left and right. And, you know, for me, Russian blood is something that, like, what Nick Pope would have done against Liverpool, you know, where he kind of came out and used his hand and was kind of panicking. But this one is, you know, he, he tried to make a, a pass and he just misplaced it. And if a midfielder did that, you know, no one, no one would say anything. But, you know, because of the goalkeeper, obviously it's it cost of the team. But, you know, as as a player and as a goalkeeper who've, who've made their mistakes as well, you know, and I don't have a lot of accolades, a lot of games to say behind it, but all I can do is come on here and defend them. And I've trained with Kenji and Zarfun under the same goalkeeper coaches. And we've always been emphasized as keepers to always play out the back. And you know if you get to play out the back, it's a plus for the team. And you know Kenji tried to do that when he tried to play it to Shaky, and you can see on the video, you know when Shaky opened up and he tried to play. It. And if he made that pass, you know Boris is Boris looks like a fool. We keep possession, and you know Kenji now has the momentum to continue in the game, especially in the first half of the of the game. And with Zofan, you know, like I said, he was making great saves that whole whole game against DPMM. And you know, and if you played that pass above above the DPMM player. It's a counterattack, sort of, because he beat the first line of defense. And this is the sort of thing that we sort of uh, train in training to always play that pass and beat that first line of defense. And it's just as simple of just wrong execution. But I think it's really unfair to say that blunders and mistakes and howlers, because they're great goalkeepers, and they, they helped their team a lot during that game. So that's my part on defending the goalkeeper union. And Kenji is off they're, they're great goalkeepers, and they're great friends of mine. So, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely going to learn from this, and they're definitely going to be great goalkeepers for Singapore.
1: Roshan, you surprised Ricky out here defending his keeping?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> Not at no. all. I'm just wondering how Zafan is paying him pay now, or is that a <laughs> I'm kidding? I think I think Ricky, you fully vindicate the reason we brought you on because you've given us great insight into what goes on in terms of a goalkeeping psyche. You're right; the mistake is often amplified. The saves go under the radar, but I guess it comes to the territory, right?
2: Yeah, of course. You know, and you know, as personal friends, you know, as, as well as teammates uh, to them, at one point, like I can assure you, you know, like they're. They're confident with their feet, and they'll continue making these passes because at the end of the day, they're just going to get better. And when they start making these passes, they're going to look amazing. And personally, even myself, I've made many of these mistakes in the SPL, and to me, they're the biggest lessons that any coach could teach. And for them, I'm sure that they'll learn from this, and you know, they'll, they'll be even better, and they'll help the team tremendously reach well.
1: Like, you said confidence there, right? And Even for you, as someone who has been between the sticks before, you've made your fair share of mistakes. So, for those two, for Kenji and for Zafan, would something that happened to them like that last weekend affect their confidence at all? Or is it just going to brush it off and just go again?
2: Well, I wouldn't say brush it off, because, you know, as well, you know, as a goalkeeper, if you make a mistake, you're obviously hurt, because, you know, you let your team down and you let your fans down and all type of stuff. But knowing them, they're, they're determined and, you know, Right now, when I'm training with Tanja you can I could see every single day when Kenji comes down, he's he's in a different mentality, you know. And I don't see him shying away from even making those passes anymore, because because in training, 99 out of 100 times he makes those passes, you know. But it just happened to be that one time. And Zafan, like, how can you lose your confidence? He's 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 soaring right now. His play, he's the number one for Sailors. He, he's he's going to be the next next number one for Singapore, you know. Uh, hopefully, and and I don't think that these type of things are gonna you know, affect them too much. I just want to say it's just like unfair, you know, that they're, they're getting these these um, sort of criticism after after what they can do.
1: Very, very quickly, though. I mean, Ricky already had he said, Raushan, what about you? What do you think then over their performances over the weekend, especially those two uh, instances in particular?
0: I think from a media perspective, we live for these mistakes because it gives us something to talk about, which we've spent the opening eight minutes of this podcast doing. But I can take Ricky's point completely from a sense that it is one mistake. It shouldn't be amplified if it's recurring week in, week out. We've seen goalkeepers in the league struggle to come to terms with this uh, And I think if it's recurring, then it becomes a bigger issue. But Kenji, to cut him some slack, just came back into the game after a few years out. So it will take him some time to get up to speed. And I agree with Ricky completely in the sense that Zafan is probably the next big hope for Singapore goalkeeping. So hopefully this is just one he learns from and pushes on from. And Ricky, you're also on that list, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) goes without saying
1: saying that one all right from something well let's move on to something a little bit more positive eagles on the ascendancy onto gilang international but before we discuss their unbeaten start to 2023 let's listen in to the man who has masterminded the eagles renaissance norali
2: i know on the on paper we might not be one of the best team in the league you know but uh, i think the boys have done well in terms of teamwork and trying to get things moving and it's nice to see the football in, you know in, especially in the second half yeah, and um, at the end of the day i think um, this is football you know if you keep working hard you put in the effort you know in training and you know i think Uh, The boys have put in a lot of effort during the preseason, you know, I know we have been thrashed by the Malaysian team, you know, by big scoreline. I think that gives a lot of exposure to the boys and understand the intensity of the game. So, I'm not surprised, I believe in the team, I believe in the players that I have and, uh, you know, uh, it's still early in the season, but it's good to see that uh, with injury players still out, I have a few injuries out, the boys are picking up points, I think that's very important, especially in the first round.
1: So, Norali alluded to there, not the deepest of squads, but somehow Geylang are unbeaten in three matches and sitting pretty at the top. So, Ricky, I'll come to you first. How do you think they've managed this so far?
2: You know, I think Geylang, it has a lot to do with just the culture inside that team. And, you know, a lot a lot has to do with their coach, like Coach Norali, and what he instills into the team in terms of their play style and culture. And, you know, ever since he took over, Geylang has never been like an easy team to play against. And personally, for me, whenever we play against them and teams prepare for them, you know, it's always, you know, watch out for the high press and watch out for Vincent Bezicourt, you know? And last year when I was playing against them, it was uh, Maresh, right? So they always they always have these these crazy players and, and you have to watch out for them. But I feel like not only that is Coach ali as well as Vincent Bezicourt, but I think the really underrated fact that not a lot of people mention is like their fans. Because I know personally when I play against them, it's – it's like this unnecessary pressure that just comes out of nowhere, right? And when I, met, when I played against them twice and my family came down and my family just kept talking about how they were just nonstop, just throughout the game. And I feel like this kind of affects like the players and also Geelong himself, you know, because they feel, they feel, you know, supported. And, you know, I feel like with the mixture of teamwork and, you know, tactics and skill, as well as, you know, Vincent Bezicourt and a good coach and fans, you sort of have like just the perfect recipe, you know, for luck and success. And I feel like this may be how they manage to do it almost every single season. So that's my take on Geelong.
1: What do they call it? The 12th man, right? That, that's yeah, it, you're exactly. afraid of the 12th man. But I'm glad Ricky brought up Vincent Bezoko because that's exactly where we're headed to next. Because Raushan, Leicien often hawks the headlines, unsurprisingly, as the league's best, play, best playmaker so far. But how impressed have you been by Bezigo so far? For me,
0: Max Lestian comes with that pedigree. He came as a multi-million dollar signing, so it's no surprise the impact he's made. But in terms of bang for your buck, Vincent Bezikor is right up there in terms of playmakers for the league. I thought he would struggle without his foil, who is Sime Zuzul, but he's hit the ground running and he's important for this Geylang team. He himself has admitted that they do have a very thin squad, yet they are allowed to go for 90 minutes. And I think, to Ricky's point, that completely comes from No Ali, that, that drive to push on. And Bezako himself seems to have adapted better for this league after a year. And now he doesn't... He is ready to be the main man. Like last year, he was maybe behind Sime Zuzul slightly under the radar slightly. But this year, he's willing to step up and take the mantle and lead the likes of Yamaya, which I think will be very important for Geylang International. And they couldn't resist, right? They have put out a social media post saying don't write them off. I think it's still early days. They've had the rub of green, having playing one fixture extra. But if they can keep that mentality going, they can keep that mindset going, I think perhaps they could end up surprising the established or the big top five we are predicting for the rest of the season
1: you know what's funny i remember at the start of last season especially around this period they weren't doing too well and we were not nice to them at all like we had we had what we had we said what we had to say about them but look at them now the question now i guess is can they keep this up but We'll we'll talk about it a little bit later in our preview section and that's exactly where we're headed to right now because match day three in the SPL kicks off on Thursday this week and it's the big one, the Lion City Sailors up against Albrecht's Negata, 7.45 kickoff at the Jurong East Stadium. So, Ramshan, I'll come to you first for this one. Two wins in two for Risto Sailors. Will fatigue be an issue for them against Albrecht's who had plenty of rest because they set out for match day two?
0: I actually think that's going to be a recurring issue for the rest of the season because there are nine teams now, so invariably one team has to sit out every match day. And I know it balances itself out across the season, but I do feel there's a bit of an unfair advantage, especially coming through a huge clash like this. And this is Albrecht's team who were freshly <laughs> assembled, so they haven't had all that time playing together. Yet now they've got essentially 10 days to prepare for their biggest challenges. And I think they will have an advantage, unfair or fair, I leave that to the listeners to decide, but they will have an advantage against the sailors who I know have good results under their belt, but they've been playing a lot and it might eventually catch them out.
1: I like how you say you leave the unfair or fair to the listeners, but someone who will know if it's fair or unfair is the Mr. Footballer himself, Ricky. Ricky, what do you think? Do you think that's a fair or unfair advantage to have that long periods of rest? Because, Obviously, as a footballer, there's this thing where you want to have momentum coming into the next game. And now you have Albrecht who set out match week two. How will they come into this? Will they be pleased with that amount of rest? Uh,
2: personally, I think that having too long of a rest before such a big game is probably not a good thing. Uh, especially because you don't feel uh, you know, the momentum, especially. But you know, at the same time, uh, Albrecht's already played you know, the Community Shield. So they kind of have their taste of what a big match is as well as with Haogang. And, you know, not only that, Sailors, you know, they're struggling without uh, Pedro Enrique. I mean, I feel like that's that's a big miss, you know? And Albrechts, you know, they have Hassan and Go, you know, I gotta got mention again. They got Hassan and Go and they haven't considered a single goal. So it's, it's it, I think it's gonna be very tough. And, you know, Albrechts, you know, they're looking a strong side with, with the center mid, you know, that, that, that was the former Japan international youth. And they look, they look good. They, their defense look good. So it's gonna be tough for Sailors. So, it's, it's going to be an exciting game and I can't wait to watch it.
0: I love uh, the fact that Ricky brought up Hassan Sani because the headlines heading into the big one tomorrow has all about has been all about Kodai Tanaka possibly having a big impact against his club. But Kodai Tanaka, there was some feel-good factor involved in him moving from uh, Albrex to the Lion City Sailors. With Hassan Sani, you almost feel like Superman himself is going to want to go out and prove a point against his former employer. So it's going to be intriguing, this battle. I I, I can't wait for it definitely, speaking definitely.
1: Of this, yeah speaking of this battle and how you said alberex won i mean obviously they won the community shield and i think after that kazu was saying that he felt like his squad was just like 10 ready so with that rest they should potentially be a little bit i would assume the percentage would have increased some falls coming into this one so guys i do have to ask you for your predictions ricky i'll ask you first how do you think this one will play out? And keep in mind, let's not let's not forget that the Lion City Sailors have never beaten Albrex in the league. Oh.
0: Sorry, right before Ricky jumps in and gives us a prediction, I just want to pick his brain a little because he said he trains at Tanyong Pagar, right? And that's obviously where Albrex will train as well, right? So have you seen yeah. anything in terms of intensity, in terms of this King Kazu's warning of 10% only? Have they ramped it up? Have you seen anything in terms of what happens at Jurongi's?
2: yeah so we train like 7 to 9 a.m so that's already early right so we kind of train early as well because to beat the sun right but when we when we after we're done they're on the pitch from 9 to like 11 and it's like bearing heat sun right and i always see Hassan after training and uh, before like after i finish my training and before and you know they come their training probably starts late but they come early and they're they're ready to do their work and their activation and they always come like an hour early so you know, another good thing as well for having a break is that you have longer time to sort of do your tactical approach to the game. And, you know, when you have a one-week, you know, if you have a one-week break, like, the next day you have to do recovery, and then the next day it's sort of – you have to, you have your tactical. And then pre-match, you know, it's one day before. So it's not as much time to work on a tactical approach, but with a two-week break that could help them. And all breaks, they're looking strong side. And, you know, as a Japanese myself, you know, I, we know how hard, like, their work ethic is, right? They They, they will – beat themselves to the ground and you know they're not gonna be easy task for sure.
1: I almost feel like Kazu saying 10% is just him humble bragging and they're probably like at least a 95.6.
0: You're probably right. It's probably mind games, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So we ready for predictions?
0: I think we are Ricky first. Okay, Ricky, <laughs> <prediction> <laughs>
1: um,
0: you know I I I think I'll
2: go uh Albrex one zero.
1: Ooh, Ooh. Russia and yeah. What about you? Again, again. Keep in mind, they have never beaten Albrechts in the league.
0: I go two-two for this one.
1: Oh, interesting! Interesting. I mean, okay. I'm,
0: I'm I'm going to go down in the stadium. I might as well be entertained, entertained with some goals, right?
1: True, 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 true. Well, I mean, a draw has never been a surprising fi- a result in this fixture. But let's move on to the next match that is also happening on Thursday night. The Young Lions up against Tempese Rovers. Kickoff at 7.45 p.m. as well. And the first game at the Jalambasa Stadium this season. The Young Lions, of course, looking for their first win of the season, Tempanese for their second. So, Faris Romley, let's start with him. He has hit the ground running with two goals in two games. Ricky, I'll come to you for this one. How impressed have you been by Faris Ramli and the impact that he's made for the stack so far?
2: Um, for me, I don't, I don't know like Faris Ramli personally in that type of level, like in a friend type. But I've trained with him a few times, and I think it's right that like everybody knows like Faris is a great player, right? And I remember uh, training with him for the first time when I was at, at Sailors, uh, and as a young keeper, right. I remember he was through on goal and it was one-on-one against me and i'm sure he doesn't remember this because you know it's probably just any other thing right but for me i was i was determined i was like you know i'm gonna make this big save and you know as a young keeper I, I was i was gonna you know face up and he was fast and he was agile and he was quick and you know he made that run and it was one-on-one and you know i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna make this big save. and he just thinked it over me right <laughs> and as a young keeper you know that just shows like i was a young keeper and now you know i'm like just brave like you know and that's an experienced person and it's no surprise he's doing well and I'm sure everybody knows how good how good he is, and I think he's a class signing for companies and it's, it suits their system. And it's no surprise he's doing well for them.
1: Lovely. Okay, Raushan, I do want to just just keep this very very quickly. Of course, I don't want to move on without talking about the Young Lions because we do have to just get a little bit a little bit of sense on how they've done so far, and it's not it's not being great, but. How do you think they will do for this one? Will this, be, will this be asking for too much to get something like this?
0: Against a temporary team that look very, very good, they look clinical against Daniel Paga. Despite being gifted a goal, they look very clinical in terms of what they got. I think this will be a step too far for the Young Lions to expect anything. They've conceded 10 goals in the past three games and as much as we expected Felipe to come in and have the magic potion with the Kobayashis, it hasn't worked out that way. I do think this assignment on Thursday night against Tampines is going to come too soon for the Young Lions but hopefully they grow as the season goes on because again it's all about Felipe instilling that principle because let's be honest here Young Lions we're not expecting them to challenge for the league or even the top half of the table we just want to see a semblance of an identity a blueprint that will set us up for a good future so eventually that will come through I don't expect them to get anything from this one against Tampines
1: right. with that said predictions please sir
0: I say 3-0 to Tampanese this
1: one. 3-0. Ricky, what about you?
0: Um, 2-0 Tampanese. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, are, are, so. are, are
1: you on the fence there a little bit? Trying to...
0: He's probably in a Young Lions group yeah, chat yeah, that he's worried yeah. about now. <laughs> 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 I've friends a lot
2: but... of the wild so yeah, I don't know. But it could be too tough for them. But I, I, I kind of just want to mention that I feel like it's a bit you know, unfair as well to, to really put a lot of criticism on Young Lions. Lions this year, if they do sort of not that well, you know, they have like four or five international tournaments coming up this year, and you know, you're talking about like the Asian, uh, you're talking about the Asian Games, you got the Sea Games and all, and the under and the and the Merlion Cup, and there's just a few of them, and you're talking about thin squad and young squad, and you know, they might struggle this year, but you know, you can't really blame them because they have so many of these tournaments and not a lot of players, so that's all I have to say about young lions.
0: So, so there's two unions you're part of, goalkeeping union as well as the Young Lions Union, <laughs> union is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, kidding. You make sense. You absolutely make sense. It's about perspective. It's about how much they have on their plate. All the more above and beyond all these tournaments, the league, as well as national service, it's it's not an easy task. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. That's it, let's move on to our following match, another doubleheader on Friday. First up, DPMM up against Balestia Khalsa, that one at the Jalan Bersa Stadium as well, Kickoff at 7.45pm. Before we look ahead to that clash between DPMM and Ricky's former team, Balestier, let's check in with DPMM head coach Adrian Pannock, speaking after the loss to the Lion City Sailors. I thought that um, we gave everything. I was so proud of the boys. We didn't have to give everything. You know, it's our first game for three years competitively. I'm still proud of my players. I thought they were, they gave everything. I couldn't ask for any more. Um, Maybe a little bit rusty, but obviously it's the first game for three years in this sort of standard. So only one match played so far for DPMM, but have we seen enough from them to suggest that they will be title contenders this year, Ricky?
2: Um, I I think it's still way too early to say anything about DPMM. You know, they pretty much like how all the rest of the um, SPL teams were after COVID. You know, they're probably going to be rusty. And, you know, they've always been a hiatus away from Singapore football, you know, and the Brunei League is probably not as competitive as the Singaporean League. So I don't know. I think it's still way too early to say anything about Brunei DPMM. But all I know is that the foreigners are good and their coach is really, really good. And if you remember last time when Brunei was in the league, the coach was was you know was a key reason as to why they were top of the uh, they want the league, so they got a very good coach who's been in the SPL and you know going against Balestier is a good test with the uh, you know the foreigners you know Jumbo Taniguchi and Sugita, so this, this is going to be a good game I guess.
1: Before I come to Rauchan and ask him about his thoughts on DPMM, Ricky, as a former Balestier man yourself, how impressed or not impressed have you been with the way the Tigers have been this season so far?
2: um i think their offense is like their attack is really really good and you know really uh key player for them is i feel is daniel go and i think that's that's been a I i mean it's not really shock because I, I i've trained you know with and and we all know like how good he was but i think it might be a shock to a lot of fans to how good he was you know especially when he was at young lions and you didn't get much of that playing time but he's been he's been key for Ballester and you know jumbo and tanaguchi when I was training with steer, he was class as well as Jumbo. You know, he might seem big, but he, he can he can jump and he can leap. So I think a very important factor is those three foreigners and Daniel Go, and especially their offense and their attack. Um, I think that's going to be key for them uh, going into the season how they do well this year. So hopefully they all can stay healthy and, you know, they can do really well this year.
1: So before I come to you for predictions, Raushan, on to you. What have you made of DPMM's um, first result or performance in the league so far since their return and make it 2-1. in How do you feel about Balestia so far then?
0: I think with DPMM, they gave a good account of themselves. They've been out of a competitive scene for quite a while and they held their own against the Lion City Sailors who've been training together, playing together for much longer compared to DPMM. So I think plenty of positives to take. Pannock, for one, looks like he's just ran a 90-minute marathon after every post-match interview. So I hope he stays as hydrated as he can and I don't think we'll see the real DPMM until they start playing games in Brunei. I know they're going to be at JBS Stadium for the next three games while their national stadium undergoes some sort of restoration work. But once they have that advantage, I think that will play into DPMM's hands a lot purely because then the Singapore teams or the local teams will are going to have that away experience and they are going to be buoyed by home support. So I look forward to that and then that will give us a clearer picture of where DPMM stands. To your question about Ballester... I think they did well. I have to give props where it's due. Taniguchi, excellent ball for Hoilun to score. Ho'ai double. Big shout out to him. First career double. I think he deserves a massive credit for that. Good to see him playing with a smile with the armband as well. So it's good for Ballester to get that result because I believe after this they're going to go on a very very difficult run where they're going to play DPMM, LCS, Elberex and Tamaniese in there somewhere, not in that order, but those four teams are up next. so hopefully they can steal a point or two here or there but I suspect to Ricky's point, if the foreigners don't stay fit if the foreigners are not firing this DPM uh, this Ballester team might struggle slightly.
1: All right so how do we see this one playing out guys? I'll come to you first Ricky.
2: Um,
0: I'll say 3-2 uh, DPMM
1: Oh a close one Roshan what about you
0: I think DPMM finally get their season up and running this one will be 3-1 to DPMM
1: Alright, we'll see how that one goes. And finally, Tanjung Paga United up against the high-flying Geylang International. Also at 7.45pm, that one will be played at the Jurong East Stadium. So we've already waxed lyrical about the table-topping Gelang International. Let's now focus on Tanjung Paga, shall we? The Jaguars hit the ground running in 2022 with a strong showing in the early rounds. This year though, Hasrin Jailani has said that they are treating the opening rounds as preseason. I feel like he said that last season as well. But, okay. <laughs> is this a worrying thing for them? Is this is this worrying for their prospects in general?
2: Um, for me, personally, you know, I really rate Tanjo Parga and their goal, like, looking forward. Uh, you know, yeah, that quote might seem worrying to a lot of fans, but they don't know what's going on inside the training grounds. And, you know, as uh, me being inside the training camp itself, like, I'm telling you that the, the, the atmosphere and, you know, the dressing room and the culture, it's, it's one of the best that I've ever been in. And, you know, if you recall last year, you know, as well, they had a shaky start in the beginning as well. And then towards the end, they, they sort of just started beating all these, these uh, big big players. And, you know, they were, never a bit, they're ne- they were never an easy team to play against. And personally for me, it's crucial like Coach Alam Shah is, is in the team because mm. he's one of the best coaches in the league in terms of not only tactically, but man management. And I can see it firsthand. And you don't see a lot of teams where the team would actually, like, a lot of the players would die for him on the pitch. And they would defend him to the ground because they respect him so much. And, the you know, he gives everybody a chance. It provides unique insights. And for me, the four foreigners as well, just class players. And the whole culture inside the changing room is so good. So I really feel that Tanja Parker are going to do well this year. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased, but it's actually something that, you know, I analyze. And so... You know, the four foreigners, you know, Sugish is just technically gifted. Blake, you know, he's dirty on the pitch, but he's such a nice guy off the pitch. Marin, he's a great finisher in movement. And you have know, Pedro, he's injured right now. And I think that's about lot to, to mention as well. Uh, but he's a good defender and he's very smart. And me and him have a good relationship. So I hope Tanji do well. And, you know, I think that they're going to they're gonna start their season off pretty well and, you know, continue continue going forward.
1: I like that Ricky brought up that, you know, the the little dressing room thing that they have. Because Russia, if you remember last season... Every time when we spoke about Tanjong Paga and, and how they got to where they were, minus the end of the season where they kind of faltered a little bit, um, we always said that there's this spirit to them that we like, that everyone likes about Tanjong Paga. Do you think we've seen that so far this season? Even you know, it hasn't of course it hasn't started as well as they would have wanted to, but will they click into gear as they would have last season somehow?
0: I think a lot of the neutrals watching the league will hope for Tanjong Paga to click into gear eventually. Let's put it into perspective slightly. Tanjong Paga have played the Lion City Sailors and Temporis Rovers, who at the start of the season, all of us would say, would be up there for title contenders. So it's a bit harsh to judge them purely based on those two results. Eventually, it has to come good. Ricky has given us so much insight into... The, the camaraderie in the dressing room, the attitude in the dressing room. And that just validates what we've seen from the outside, right? This kampung spirit we speak of. And when you go through the list of foreigners they've had, they have on their roster, you expect eventually that things have to click into gear. Whether they'll hit the highs of last year and flirt with the AFC Cup qualification place, I don't know. But it surely will only go up from here. And I hope the same for Tanjo Paga, that they eventually pick up the result. And I suspect... Geylang might have their... Or the Eagles might have their wings clipped this week.
1: Ooh, okay. Ricky, predictions time, please.
0: 3-0, Tanjopaga.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. <laughs> All right, giving us what we want here. Raushan, what about you?
0: Ricky clearly has no intentions of training with Geylang in the near future. <laughs> but okay, <laughs> 3-0, Tanyo Paga. I hear you. I will go for a 2-1 to Tanyo Paga.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, okay. Well, you did say you think the Eagles are going to get their wings clipped. Very, very interesting predictions, guys. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. We've have come to the end of the show. A massive thank you to our very special guest today, Ricky Kimura, and of course to my partner in crime, as always, Ziao Raushan. Ricky, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Raushan, you as well. And thank you to all of you at home for continuously lending us your support. As always, if there's anything you want to say to us, you can reach out to us at our social media platforms at The Final Whistle, or to me and Raushan personally at Raushan Says or at Faranaya. Or if you want Ricky to come back, you can let us know. At well, you don't want him to come back, like, also, oh, you get that. We, we will we'll take your <laughs> advice, okay? Thank you guys so much once again. Until next time, bye bye.